Heart on the Mic is an audio journal podcast where I share about my experiences, ambitions, motherhood, and everything in between. Through this podcast, I hope to bring insight, encourage, and empower you as you are on the pursuit of your very own heart's desires. Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Heart on the Mic. I'm your host, Vanessa Arvayo, and if you haven't already, please be sure to rate and review the podcast and also follow and subscribe on any of your preferred listening platforms. This week's episode is a bit special to me because I am interviewing my older sister, Priscilla Flores, and we're going to be talking about life after high school as far as college, trade school, and even just career development and things like that. But before we hop into the full conversation, what really triggered a conversation today over lunch was that my little sister was sharing that she is enrolling in a dual enrollment program through her school. So basically, she's going to college and high school at the same time. And I just thought that that was super ambitious of her because a few months back we were at my school actually golden west college and some kids who were in high school were getting a scholarship for doing exactly what she's doing and i mentioned it to her back then and she was just like that's something that i'll never be capable of doing so for her to say today that she is doing exactly that is just exciting to me because she's doing something that's out of her comfort zone because she is just thinking about her future and what her plans are. So as we hop into it, growing up and stuff like that, I know for us, mom and dad were always on our case. Like if you don't have a C or higher, your phone's going to get taken away or you can't hang out with your friends or things like that. But for you, I feel like you were almost like an only child in a sense because it was just you for so long and then with us it was like mom and dad were managing a gang of kids so they had to just be stern with all of us. I think as a parent now, you can definite I can definitely definitely see the dynamic in a first child versus a second then with them, a third and then later later on a, a fourth. fourth. So, I mean, I I'd be lying to say that I didn't think that, you know, parenting dynamic was different than their parenting dynamic with maybe you and Yolanda. Even though we were all equally three years apart, I feel like it was me and then Vanessa and Yolanda. Even in just growing up, I never really like... Hung out with us. Yeah, I never involved myself in like, you guys playing even when you guys were you know outside maybe i was outside too but i was doing my own thing no you weren't outside (laughs) yeah yeah i was probably still inside (laughs) um and and i think that dynamic definitely played into high school because i remember in elementary and in junior high you know i remember just thinking like okay get good grades but that's as far as it went And I think at those times, it was easy to get good grades, right? So in elementary, junior high, I would get, you know, recognitions and stuff like that. But once I got into high school, that was no longer even a conversation. And I was reflecting today, even just being at the table and Marissa talking about, you know, being accepted into this dual program. 
my mind thought like, wow, at your age, I was going to ask her like, how did this conversation come up? Was that introduced because mom and dad, you know, introduced it to you? Or now hearing you say maybe she got introduced to it because of the scholarships at your ceremony. But that was definitely never a talk um, for for me with mom and dad. And, um, and even I can think back in high school, the only time that they had to get involved and it was, you know, dad, I think I even shared, he literally like went to school with me, made sure I went to my classes was because I got um, a call home or in trouble or I don't exactly remember, but just you got regard- caught ditching or what? <laughs> Basically, in regards to my attendance. But even then, like my grades were not not followed up on. And so I think from then on, even after high school, I even- feel like you had a lot of freedom. I really did. I, mom and dad entrusted that whatever they were instilling you, in you that you were applying it because as young as I could remember, even in middle school, it was like, okay, well, we're driving to the school later than usual because Priscilla had ch- dance or song or cheer or whatever they called it in middle school. And then you also had like out of school, another class to go to, to like follow up with that. And then even like late nights when I was in elementary school is like oh well Priscilla's at work right now because you were a hostess and you got a car like as soon as you turned 16 like so I can even reflect back on that like I think what changed in high school is my work ethic became priority over educational goals I can okay like my memory is horrible but I can clearly remember thinking oh perfect I'm gonna apply at this job all I have to do is tell my parents, which I already knew they were going to be okay with. And then now I felt like I had more convincing to do of my my counselor, Mr. Mejia, than I did of my own parents. Yeah. And I had to sit there and talk to him and say like, no, I can do this. I want a job. I have a car. I want to make sure that I'm able to, you know, pay for those things that I want. And he was like, okay, as long as your grades are up. That was the only thing that kept my grades up. It wasn't because... I had this, you know, expectation from my parents, but more so if my grades are not up, I can't have this you job. You lose your work permit. Yeah, exactly. So not even AVID kept you on top of like your academics. It was just another thing on the list. Like it wasn't encouraging to you because I remember us driving all the way out to San Diego to go to UCSD yeah. for you to tour the campus and you went on this like big old AVID trip for the weekend, I think. So it's kind of funny that you even say that because... Truth be told, um, you ditched that. No, oh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, right. So I was an avid, maybe my, I can't even remember honestly, freshman, maybe sophomore year. I know I didn't complete the program into my senior year. I don't know how or what got into my mind into high school. I just felt like I wasn't one of the smart kids. So I never believed that in me. And I didn't think that even like telling, like reflecting back, even our high schools, like, you know, the culture is, you know, Asian or Vietnamese. That's their sole purpose in life at that time, right? Is like educational goals, career. And those talks were not something that that I had at the, the, the peak of my mind at that time. Yeah. So maybe even just my environment, like reiterated those thoughts. Well, at the same time too, at that point where you were in high school, I felt like you just 
ran with that freedom that you had because you were also in cheer while having a job and in high school and having your own car and just all these things in the midst of mom having Marissa yeah. and mom just didn't have Marissa mom went into like a deep depression yeah. so if I felt a sense to be motherly at that age and only in sixth grade and you being in high school you probably felt the sense of like you don't have to ask mom and dad for anything because you're just going to do it on your own type of thing. Maybe that played into it and you're just like, okay, well, school's not a priority because one thing mom and dad have always instilled to us is definitely morals and we can do anything we set our mind to and in our faith and also work ethic. Mom and dad have always been hard workers. So then to you, it's just like, well, maybe subconsciously you're like, they didn't take school to the next level. So I just see the next option as getting a good job and working hard. And it's so funny because, like, um, even, like, my sister-in-law or or Rudy, even, you know, as dating at that time, I remember them being like, wow, Priscilla, like, you can get any job. You apply to a job, it's yours. Like, you can almost count on it. And I even, you know, I remember being proud of that. Like, wherever I worked, I have had so many jobs, but thinking, okay, I have these options. What job do I want to apply to? Because... I'm sure that I'm going to get it. And I, as far as like professionalism or um, just knowing how to present myself, knowing how to talk in an interview, those were the things that fed that ego of mine. Like, oh, this, this I can do. And I think that's why I sought out jobs so many times and making sure that I always had a job, if not two or three jobs at a time. And now just reflecting I think that's what really like propelled you to just focus on work because yeah. you're just like, well, if these this books is, aren't for me, then I'm good at I'm good at work. This is what I'm good at exactly. And even in the places that I did work, like I excelled in those areas, being able to like community service, finding out what we need, what they needed from me, and being able to like get the job done. Actually, my first job was with my best friend at the time, and to me, I loved going to work because of that. And yeah. I think that was like a, a first um, like introduction to like, hey, work can be fun. Work is not a bad place to be. Yeah. And I never missed work. And school, on the other hand, you we're found yourself ditching, ditching school, not showing up. And then we were going to school at that time with, you know, Karina and us being in the same grade. Then I got her, her to, to yeah. <laughs> and, um, I don't know. I just didn't feel confident in that environment. And it just trickled on into after high school, going into college. I signed up for some classes, even though that wasn't an area that I felt strong in. I just felt like, well, damn, like everybody's doing this. I guess I have to do it too. And it was just unsuccessful every single time. And I, you know, I was showing you my unofficial transcripts. Like it's embarrassing because I would sign up for a class and not fall through, sign up for another class, and just the moment that I felt like I wasn't understanding, I would just back out, and yeah, I just, I didn't feel like that was for me, you know? And recently, you decided to go back to school, and you took your first dip at classes again, and I felt like you definitely excelled. Yeah. Do you feel like you needed that little refresher to, to prove to yourself and to 
tell the younger you like, wow, I can do this and I can succeed because you work so hard to get that A, yeah. right? Like, and even if it's something that's on pause right now, nevertheless, you, you were able to do that and get that accomplished. And who knows down the line how you'll decide to apply yourself if you do pursue college again. Circling back to like the most vivid memories I have of you is either in your room getting ready or in the car listening to music with you. Mm-hmm. Other than that, in the outside environments, it was just like church or even you were a youth leader and you were trying to juggle those things of just being a full-time employee, serving at church and just trying to juggle school at that point. So needless to say, you had a lot going on and I feel like at pivotal points where it was peaks for you mom and dad had stuff going on because at that point mom and dad I think just separated that summer or something like that so it's another point where you're just like oh I'm just gonna figure it out yeah when you finally stopped going to SAC did you just like cold turkey stop or did you just eventually just stop doing your work and you were just like well I can't even catch up I'm not even gonna try do you remember that moment yeah I just remember completely just dropping um I talked to my counselor and I just you know, I just was like, you know what, I'm dropping out. Like, this isn't this isn't working for me. And I think that just that feeling, yeah, that feeling of just like, you know, this isn't what I'm meant to do. I'm not studious. I, I'm, not, I'm not knowledgeable in that way. And, you know, you do have to have the discipline to study and to have those little niches, you know, like being able to set time aside for me in those times that's not what I wanted to be doing like you said I was always out always doing something always had somewhere to go or something to do so those things were pri- were a priority over sitting down being at home studying home was always the last place that I wanted to be so and at that time Starbucks and Starbucks and bookstores that wasn't in yeah. so that wasn't even a thought for me to just step out and go study I think that's the key is I wasn't taught how to do those things. That's I was ex- taught how to work. I was taught how to be out and about and, and stay busy, but I wasn't taught how to, you know, be disciplined in studying and all the things that come with college. That's the exact thought process that I was on because being busy and staying busy and not being home was all you ever seen growing up and even being parents now, it just reiterates the the importance of like structure and discipline in, in the home, like not just all around in life, but specifically teaching our kids how to do certain things routine wise to have like a routine will really shape how they are a able to life. <laughs> yeah, how they are able to navigate through the different seasons as they get older and the different tasks that they they take on. So anyways, going back to you deciding to not go to college anymore from that point on to when you finally enrolled in your ultrasound tech courses, do you know how long that gap was or what that time frame was like? I don't. Because it would have been 2011-ish that you stopped going to Santa Ana College approximately. Yeah, and then I started just fully working. I remember I was working at Nordstrom and I was like going back and forth from college 
after that, from when we lived here in, in Orange or Tustin, Tustin um, I think I didn't go back to school for like three years. I was just working. That was I, w- I just made up my mind that I wasn't going to college. And I thought, in my mind, I thought, well, I'm going to be this successful um, secretary, you know, mm. successful office person. I even, Tayer, I even took a course there oh, in remember. office um, programming and Excel and Word because, you know, I just thought that's what my life is going to be. And then I think time just passed on and I read it, I signed up for Orange Coast College because I heard that they had some ultrasound um, tech courses classes yeah and so I didn't pursue it because again the college aspect just really scared me I felt like I wasn't fit for it 2014 is when I signed up for the trade school I wanted I knew by that point, like, wow, all this time has passed. Obviously, these, you know, office jobs are not cutting it. I was working at my job. That's when I got hired at Waterworks. I was working there for um, three years at that time. And I just thought, like, I can't do this forever. I do not want to be the first front, the office front face for the rest of my life. Dealing with customer service was literally giving me anxiety. So I thought, what can I do? And I had this like thought that had always been in the back of my mind since high school about being an ultrasound tech. And that thought was introduced to me by Diana because she had mentioned it one time. And I always knew I would never wanted to work in the medical field because needles and blood and the cold hospitals, like I just knew that wasn't for me, but ultrasound tech was that fine line like you didn't have to deal with blood you didn't have to deal with needles you necessarily don't have to work at a hospital you can work for a private practice so I thought that's my gateway like yeah. that's where that's I that's your way around yeah exactly so I looked into it and then there was actually uh, a few schools that I was looking into locally I went to this school in Santa Ana and I thought, this is it. This is where I'm going to go to school. I met with the financial aid and, you know, the office, the other employees there. And my, I just was not feeling that connection at all. And just, they were not welcoming. The school kind of looked actually kind of creepy. And I left feeling like, okay, this That's is no. not where I'm coming to school. Later on, we ended up finding out through mom and dad that that school was actually a huge scam and they ripped off all these students for all their money. And I'm just glad I didn't end up going there. So the second option was modern technology. And that was actually even closer to home here in Fountain Valley. And at that time we were living in that area. So I thought this is perfect. And really, truly, I just... I just thought at that time, whatever wasn't, you know, taking me back to community college, what's going to be quick. I've shared before, I started in 2014 and then I had to drop out. That's when mom went missing and I felt like I had to be home just to like be home because mom was here. And after things settled, 
it continued to be in the back of my mind. Like, I really enjoyed going there, and I really felt like, um, like this is something that I can do. Yeah. It was difficult, but I felt like, no, this, this I can accomplish. So I, I went back to the school, reapplied. Fortunately, I already had all my books and everything, so I didn't have to get charged for that a second time. And I completed, and I graduated in 2016. So the program took you two years? It took me two years, yeah, because I stopped, and then I dropped out. How long was the program supposed to take you? 18 months. Which isn't bad. Yeah. Only six months over. Yeah. And something you said before, too, was about repeating a module. Like, how did that look? When I initially started, I didn't pass one of my modules, so I had to retake. So that's another two months added to the program. So I had to retake that. And I remember at that time, I was like really disappointed because I think it factored into that again, like, oh no, like I'm not passing, I'm failing. Is this for me? And, and then I ended up having to drop out just a few weeks later. So even going back, was actually more embarrassing for me than it was trying to prove to myself like no you can do this this is actually something that I enjoyed doing and enjoyed learning about the second time around I think that was perfect timing we hadn't had kids yet we're able to financially you know get through that time because the program was 18 months the first couple modules are part-time but after that once you start doing lab your day is split into two so the mornings are teaching, the afternoons are lab. So it was becoming a full-time job. And even my job that I had at that time, I began only working weekends. So imagine if I had kids at that time, it, it would be almost impossible for us to be able to financially get through. And my, my clinicals, that was like six or six or nine months long, having to drive to LA and um, get those hours in and you don't get paid for that either that's crazy to I forgot that you have to do that after the fact is the clinicals to even get the hours and stuff and it's a shift too and stepping into the industry and doing the clinicals like once you were having that out of class experience were you feeling more like wow this is for me or were you still feeling like you were working through the self-doubt and stuff so luckily I was doing my clinicals at two different hospitals I was grateful for the experience, but it also taught taught me like, okay, what am I going to strive for? Like, luckily, you know, I'm now I'm employed by a private practice. I don't work for a hospital. There's no emergency room. There's, you know, I'm not scanning patients who are on hospice. Like those, those settings were just not for me. So now I work with patients who are going through fertility, and it's just a whole a, a whole different dynamic. You always send us stuff all the time, like, hey, if you guys are ever interested in getting in the medical field, yeah. do this. Like, why are you such a huge advocate? Like, what has it meant for you and your life and your career and even just who you are as a person? I don't know. I think because maybe it just feeds into that, like, maybe that inner self of me that like, wow, I'm really proud that I'm able to, like sometimes I'm even like, wow, like, wow, I actually went to school, I actually graduated, I actually did this, like I actually have a good job. Like sometimes it's like a reality moment, like, wow, I did it. I still have to like remind myself like, wow, good job, Priscilla, like you got through, you're here, now you have a job that you absolutely love. 
but I think because I just love it so much, I wouldn't want to water it down and not, I mean, like I always tell you guys, I know that it's none, not one ounce of interest to you guys, but I always have a thought in my mind, like, what if 10 years from now they're like, Priscilla, why didn't you ever tell me? And, and, and I don't want that opportunity to pass. So I'll probably tell you guys again in another year or two. But I just, I don't know. I love my job. And I and what is it that you do? I work fertility. So all of my scans are pelvic exams. So we're focusing on uterus and ovaries. We're just, you know, watching to see how your fertility cycle is going, how your follicles and your uterine lining are. And basically we're timing how a patient can eventually get pregnant or uh, retrieve eggs so that they can then be uh, become embryos. My exams are transvaginal exams, so I know that's something that people are not fond of, of doing or getting, <laughs> but you know, it's become something that I, I truly can almost do with my eyes closed. Like, I don't know, talking with the patients, their journeys, um, being a part of that journey you know what difference it's making in their future potentially yeah exactly is there a client or a story that you thought has been most impactful to you in your journey in the work that you do there's a patient that i will never forget and i'm horrible because and i tell patients all the time i do not remember patients i don't remember their faces but the moment that I'm doing a scan and I see their ovaries and I see their uterus. I'm like, you know oh, who it is. I remember oh my you. Gosh. So um, there's a patient. She was, I know that she was beautiful and she was the sweetest person, but her journey just, she was not able to get pregnant and time just kept ticking. And then she's continuing to get older. Her egg quality was almost diminished meaning she wasn't able to produce an egg that would be viable for an embryo. And uh, it was just sad because her husband's sperm was fine and he had kids in his previous marriage. So just her approach on it is what really stuck to me. I always have her in mind when I think of patients that come in because they all are going through their own journey and just you know, making sure that I have that, that compassion for them because it's easy to get a job done and come in and see another patient and do another scan and just kind of, you know, have a kind of poker face on. But um, every now and then I, I, I really do think about her and, you know, it's just sad. Unfortunately, her journey wasn't a successful one in our workplace. And then when I had was pregnant with Mila, I just felt so horrible coming into work. I would wear like these huge coats or jackets to like hide my tummy. I was literally pushing my last week before maternity leave. And this patient that I was, I was seeing consistently. Yeah. She's like, are you pregnant? And oh my, just my heart, heart broke. Sank. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah. She's like, oh my gosh. She's like, did you do fertility too? And like, again, it was just like a another jab and i was just like no you know it, it happened you know naturally, naturally. it you know wasn't planned but it, it happened naturally and she was just like oh well congratulations and she was happy for us but at the same time ugh, i felt like i was walking on eggshells every time i walked into a room because i want to be mindful of all of their journeys, journeys. yeah 
Um, and then they're on all of these fertility drugs, these hormones. So I literally have patients sometimes coming in and they're on my bed and they're just, you know, emotional and they're just crying. And I'll, I'll ask, you know, like, is everything okay? And they'll just be like, you know, these, these hormones, you know, but um, I really, I really enjoy my job. What has betting on yourself and just pursuing that goal and dream to go to ultrasound tech school and to actually step into the field? What has it taught you? Like now that you have been able to overcome the hurdles and challenges, like stepping into the next chapter of your life, what does it speak to you? You know, I think just leading by where you feel comfortable and where you feel confident. Like I mentioned, if I continued and I made myself go to college because that's where I felt like I had to be, who knows where I would be today? Probably dropped out or made myself take or do a major, or what is it's the proper term? Yeah, major. Ma- major in. Major in something that I would probably be miserable in today. But because I, you know, just went off of where I felt comfortable and how I knew I learned and how I navigated just really being realistic with myself and going to a trade school, it means all the difference. Because now I found something that I'm confident in and something that I love. And, you know, I'm at my, at my fertility clinic, I'm the only tech there. So it, it falls on me. It's not like there's someone second in line. It, it makes me feel good that I know that I do my job well. And I think it helps that I'm doing something that I also love doing. I think everyone doesn't know what to do after high school. But tap into areas where you feel like you are being, you know, kind of tapping into that ego, you know. That's okay, you know, to feel good and know that you're doing something that you're good at. Your natural talents and yeah, passions. Yeah, I think that that helps. And later on down the line, it helps with you being happy at work and doing what you love. I know so many people who are miserable at their job, you know, and only going because that's a good paycheck and the only option that they have. Um, fortunately, if, say, I did want to leave my job, there's plenty of other clinics that I can go to. Plenty of other, if I wanted to tap into the hospital aspect of it. And not only that, my type of work is is only a percentage of the work. You can do abdominal scans, you can do OB scans where you're working with patients who are currently pregnant. You can do you know vascular scans, you can do cardiology scans. There's so many different fields. And I even had the thought of like, man, do I want my husband to go to school for this like I love it so much and I've been encouraging you guys to do it like hey maybe maybe I should tell him too like I I encourage you if you're in a spot where you know that you want more you want to do more and you want to go back to school look into ultrasound look up videos on YouTube and you know I know that it's not for everyone but if it's something that sparks an interest you know I encourage it I think for me your journey speaks so much to the fact that like you don't have to do the conventional sometimes we're just so fixed on what we see as normal as far as structure and how things play out and even for our family and for those around us 
and I've been recently telling myself too, like things are so broad, like you said, in the ultrasound world, it's not just scanning for, you know, people being pregnant or for fertility. There's so many other things. And even in, in your career and in someone's journey to expand or to do something different, like, yes, there's customer service, but there's so many other forms of customer service that you can take on or even marketing. It's not just about social media. There's so many aspects to it. There's even like psychology for marketing and stuff like that. So if you're just willing to bet on what you're good at and try to find a way that you can make it work for you, it's going to work. You just have to be passionate enough to pursue it. So I swear I have this thought every couple of months where I'm like, okay, if I'm going to be at my job here or if I move on to another job, it has to be within the next five to ten years. Because wherever that next move is, I'm moving up. And when the girls are old enough and they go to ultrasound school, I can get them in. <laughs> yeah. That's how much I like love, love my job. That I would love to have that opportunity to be like, oh, you know, Emma, you're applying for this job. Who do you know here? Well, my mom's the lead tech here. Or she's been here for 30 years. Like, that's how much I love my job. Yeah. That I see myself retiring doing this. It's not something that you know, I want to hurry up in and move on from. I want to move up in. Well, we'll see. Maybe you might have your own facility one day <laughs> doing some scans and just, who knows? Yeah. Who knows what it is? The, the sky's the limit, the limit and yeah. dream big. And with that being said, guys, just remember that we're all still trying to figure it out. It's okay to take the unconventional route i actually encourage you to do so and if you have any questions please be sure to reach out to us and priscilla will definitely offer any guidance that she can for you on your journey if it's something that you're interested in doing but other than that that's a wrap until next time Stop.